This is Dr. Sean McKay, and you're listening to Reinforce Radio. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Episode 15 of Reinforce Radio, a podcast dedicated to our special tactics operators, our combat mission support specialists, and their families. So the last couple of episodes, we've been kind of brain heavy, looking at concussions and, and, and things like that. Um, so today we're going to head back to the body, and I want to hand it over to Nate, and he's going to spend some time talking to you guys about cryotherapy uh, and everything that goes with that. That's his um, thing, not my wheelhouse, so I'm going to leave it to the expert. All right, so uh, Nate, I appreciate you joining us, and I want to hand it over to you now. Hey guys, Nate Borgett, athletic trainer for the 17th STS, here to talk to you today about ice, some of the misconceptions about it, as well as some of the uses for it, and mainly we're going to talk about ways to treat injuries when they first happen and how to progress them throughout their stages of healing. Ice, part of rice, has long been used as the first response for an injury, right? We sprain our ankle, first thing people do is put it in an ice bucket, put an ice bag on it, and then rest it, right? Well, then for the next few days, we ice it. Well, then a couple of weeks later, why are we still icing it? Well, and then after practice, my ankle feels fine, but you know, I've heard it before, so let's ice it some more. This is something that's all too common in the athletic world, especially before uh, the later 2000s, all right? So where did we get this strategy from? Why is everybody so hung up on ice? And is it still the best option for acute injuries? The origin of the rice terminology, the rest, ice, compression, and elevation, actually came from a book written in 1978 called Sports Medicine. In it, Dr. Merkin laid out his theory for this four-prong approach to a brand new injury. This was based mainly on anecdotal evidence or knowledge versus not research and science as we know today. Anecdotal means based off experiences, as in, well, it seems to work, so let's go with it. A lot of early treatments and rehab plans were based on those sorts of facts. It led to a lot of lengthy recoveries with highly variable results. For example, when I was in college, an ACL recovery would take 14, 16 months before somebody was back on the field. I mean, they weren't even running in a straight line until 12 months. Well, now the average is probably closer to 10 to 12 months for full recovery, and they're running for maybe five months after the injury and surgery, all right? So a lot has changed in a relatively short time, and starting back in 2003, the research into cryotherapy really kicked off, Uh, and so now I'm going to talk about some of the changes that we've developed since then. If you look at ICE's results, say you have a thigh contusion, you've got an ankle sprain, the area feels better after the treatment, maybe for a little bit of time, maybe for longer, right? So if it feels good, it must work, right? But sometimes you need a little bit more than just that first or second treatment of ICE to feel better, right? If that injury is a little bit worse. As time progressed and we started to realize that ICE wasn't necessarily producing, you know, constantly positive results long after the injury, We wanted to know why and how ice and cryotherapy worked. Actual research, research, like I said, started back in 2003 and has picked up speed uh, ever since. It shows that ice doesn't drastically negatively affect the injury, but our real takeaway from the research is that it can actually slow down the healing process. 
All right. But in this, we're going to talk about some optimal ways to progress that injury to help you get back on the field, court, or road faster than ever. Moving forward in this podcast, we're going to be talking about strategies for this treatment, right? But I want you to remember that being cautious isn't a bad thing. So if you have concerns about a worse injury, whether a potential break or fracture, another significant injury, seek out a medical provider, preferably somebody that has an orthopedic background dealing with musculoskeletal injuries, athletic trainers, physical therapists, PAs, MDs, ODs, anybody with that sort of experience should be able to help out. Now that we've talked about that disclaimer, right, let's talk about our new plan and the major tenants. Some inflammation is okay and normal, but you want to avoid dramatic swelling or activities that increase swelling. Secondly, you want to work in pain-free ranges of motion. Third, you want to promote muscular activation. Next up, we want to talk about correct loading strategies. And finally, how do we know when to push and how hard to go? First off, protection, all right? We want to avoid painful activities and motions, but don't immobilize it completely. All injuries should be protected, you know, preventing of pain, but don't let it get stiff. This means you should move through a pain-free range of motion. That allows you to maintain range of motion, prevent it being stiff, and more importantly, it promotes fluid movement, which means that swelling isn't going to stick around for as long. The stiffer somebody gets, right, the more they're going to reinforce something called the pain spasm cycle. The pain spasm cycle is this nasty little circle where when you have pain, the body spasms to, quote, protect it, which leads to more stiffness, which means pain is more prevalent, which leads to more stiffness and back and forth. So our goal is to help break that spasm cycle. One great way to do that is through muscle activation, which we'll talk about in a minute. Elevation. This piece of rice still applies. Um, you want to use elevation, preferably body part above the heart, to help promote fluid moving away from the injury through the circulation and the lymph system. This is especially important at night because being parallel with the ground, fluid will tend to pool and stagnate around the injury site, so elevation can help prevent this. Now, how do we elevate the leg? We throw a pillow into it, right? In my experience, I'm more likely to roll off that pillow and end up back in a flat position. So what I actually like to do is take some pillows, some towels, some clothes, a big winter jacket, something like that, and actually put them between the mattress and the box spring so that whole foot end of the bed is elevated. Right? This means that no matter how I position myself, I'm going to have my foot elevated above my heart. Um, and it doesn't have to be super high. It just has to be a little bit above it. Okay? Next up, we want to avoid anti-inflammatories. That means ice or drugs, remembering that some inflammation is good. This is kind of a touchy part because it's gradated. You want to have some swelling, but you don't want to have too much. So take this as a recommendation, not law. Right? You want to think about the amount of inflammation you're experiencing versus the amount of pain. If, the, if it's more pain than swelling, maybe go with like a Tylenol or an aspirin versus an Motrin or an Advil. All right? Maybe ice for 10 to 15 minutes to help break that pain spasm cycle, but don't do it to stop or prevent swelling. Right? Once again, we're going to get to the compression, some loading strategies that will help with that. And then ice again later if you need to for pain. But if you're just doing it for swelling, then we don't want to continue uh, you know, to ice to 
get rid of swelling. All right. If you have questions about that, feel, please feel free to reach out to your sports med provider or member of the RIP team. All right. Next up is compression. Right, A good wrap never hurt anything, and it can actually help on many points of performance. First off, compression can help prevent that dramatic swelling I was just telling you about. So if I don't have room for my ankle to swell after I roll it, then it's not going to swell. That knocks out that major concern about too much swelling. Secondly, this point of performance, it can help protect the joint, literally both physically as well as a reminder to you and people around you that you have an injury. Sometimes I tell people if you're in a crowded area, you might not need the crutch for your weight bearing, but if somebody sees you on a crutch, they're much more likely to avoid you or to stay away from that injured side. Lastly, how to wrap. We don't want to crush the body part, right? We just want to compress it slightly. So start away from the heart. So if it's my ankle, I'm going to start down on my foot towards my toes. I'm going to wrap it gently there. And as I go higher and higher, I'm going to make sure I don't get tighter with the wrap. So I'm going to start on my foot, gently wrap the foot a couple of times, move up to the ankle, wrap that around a couple of times, then move up to the lower leg. Remembering that I'm not getting tighter the higher I get. I've alluded to it before, but motion, right? So we want to be able to get that joint to move that muscle area to move, right? So with that, we'll just keep using the ankle sprain. If I've got swelling down there, if I can do something as simple as pain-free uh, pumps, so act like I'm pressing the gas pedal and then pulling my foot up, that's going to help activate those that muscle pump and it's going to help to move that fluid. If I can combine that with some slight compression, some elevation, and repeat that, I don't know, five to 10 times a day, each time I do it, maybe you know, 15 to 20 reps, I can really start to make a big impact on that amount of swelling. Not to mention, my muscles are going to remember how to fire. And therefore, as I start to rehab and load this properly, I'm going to uh, you know, have better strength retention and uh, return to uh, full strength sooner. Next up, we want to load it right. right? So as we start to move out of that acute inflammatory response after the first 72 hours, maybe you know a few more days, as you heal, you want to strengthen and load the tissue correctly. It's one of the most important parts of getting back to full go as quickly as possible. So this is where a sports medicine professional can jump in and really make the most impact, helping guide you in the correct exercise selection and volume and intensity. Right? We want to make sure that we're not only doing the right amounts, but loading it with the right amount of resistance. We're going to have more talks on this in the future, whether through the newsletter or through the podcast. But I want you simply to remember for this uh, this point, the loading it correctly, is you can add intensity and volume bit by bit. If you load too little, you can always load more tomorrow. But if you overload it today, you might set back your healing for tomorrow. So it might take maybe a day or two in the end to get back if you load it a little bit too little. But if you load it too much, you can set yourself back weeks uh, of rehab time. Next up is cardio. Oh, yes. Lovely cardio. No matter what the injury, I'll say almost the injury, you should be able to do some sort of cardio, right? And the importance of this is it can help to motivate people. They can actually do something. They're, they're not just sitting there watching their teammates, watching their, you know, 
uh, family, whoever, be active without, uh, without them. It helps to maintain a level of fitness, right? So cardio stimulates the whole body as a system. So if we can maintain cardio or if we can do some cardio, we're going to help the system as a whole. That also, that systemic stimulation is going to help with um, moving swelling. It's going to help promote pushing new blood with nutrients and recovery uh, mechanisms into that area, which is going to speed healing. Just remember with cardio, you want to make sure that you're doing this pain free. All right. Now that I've talked a lot of junk about cryotherapy, about ice, I just want to touch on a couple of final points and then I'll, uh, I'll let you get back. All right. So cryotherapy is okay for recovery, right? So a nice cold tub, you know, around 60 degrees, 55, 60 degrees for, you know, seven to 10 minutes. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that, but it is a passive form of recovery, right? There might be a way, you know, it might help you feel good, might, you know, let you relax a little bit once the uh, fire stops from the cold hitting your toes. All right. But I want you to think about active ways to recover. Once again, this whole podcast has been talking about moving away from the rice, the passive treatment, to more of an active treatment from the muscle activation, from the loading, all right, from the compression, all of that. So if that helps injuries, active recovery will help you recover better, right? We're going to work on ranges of motion. We're going to work on pumping blood, getting rid of uh, blood with uh, you know nutrients and uh, hydration into the muscles while we get the waste products and all of the you know leftover stuff out of the area that's been worked all right i want you to still use ice when it's correct don't think i'm telling you not to but i want you to understand or i want you to start thinking about is ice the most appropriate thing for the injury that we have is it going to help speed the healing am i just doing this for pain or am i doing it for swelling right Hopefully at this point, you know the answer to those, right? If you want a more in-depth look of cryotherapy or post-injury treatment and rehab, obviously that's too much to cover here, right? But feel free to work. We reach out to your sports medicine professional or to a member of your RIP team. Thank you all for listening. Uh, look forward to the next time I get to talk to you all. All right, so you guys should know everything there is to know about cryotherapy and icing and all of that in order to keep your body uh, healthy and work towards that physical recovery. I always appreciate Nate willing to come on and try to help you guys keep your bodies resilient and in the fight just like I try to keep your uh, brains healthy and in the fight. So I hope you guys have found this information helpful uh, in terms of that effort to stay in the fight and stay healthy. So until next time, guys, this has been Nate Borgett and Dr. Sean McKay, and you've been listening to Reinforce Radio. Mm-hmm.